Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So now Posey ranges away and throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. This is the 48th episode of this podcast, the uh, the Russ Ortiz episode, if you want to call it that, or Pablo Sandoval, if you want to go with more recency bias there. Or Ross Stripling. Or the Ross Stripling episode, even uh, you know, even more recent. Uh, Sam Lubman here with Joe, the Butcher Boy Shasky. We are four games into the season. The Giants are two and two, and the two losses they have been shut out, and the two wins, obviously they weren't. So I guess that means if the Giants score runs, they will win baseball games. There you go. I have cracked the code. I know how to make the Giants win every game now. There's a variety of things to be excited with, uh, Lubman, from yesterday. I mean, number one, um, obviously the bats break out. But and we'll get to each of those players because I think it's very mm-hmm. important that a lot of them broke out. How about Di Scalfani though? Don't you think that that was kind of lost in the sauce? Is that he pitched really well yesterday? No, I really like how Di Scalfani looked. Uh, the ankle looks like it's all better. That really seemed to, no pun intended, trip him up last year when he just yeah it was really bothering him all year long and it held him to I believe four four or five appearances last year. He looked like 2021 Anthony DiScalfani. The pitches had a lot of great movement. He was working really fast. I think he had you know 60-something pitches going into the sixth inning. He was just really motoring through what is a pretty good Chicago yeah. White Sox lineup. And you know we were doing some hand-wringing over Anthony DiScalfani during spring training. He looked great against Team USA, but then in his last start, I believe it was, it was against the A's, he really got lit up there. And we're like, what Anthony DiScalfani are we getting? It's only one start, but... So far, I'm really liking what we're seeing from him. And again, when the, in a Giants pitching uh, staff that is going to be built on its depth, being able to see you know a guy like Anthony DiScalfani on the back half of the starting staff, really being able to kind of you know shut opposing lineups down, put a bunch of goose eggs up on that scoreboard, it's it's great to see for Giants fans. Losing Gossman and then Rodon in consecutive seasons, it was a blow. Like, I know the Giants think they can replenish uh, top of the rotation guys. It's hard to find those guys. Di Scalfani in 2021 was more top of the rotation than he was, you know, incomplete like he was last year, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a big step forward. I don't know if it's sustainable. I like what I saw. But if he can be a guy that can give me six guaranteed on a team with Cobb and Wood and Jacob Junis and Manaya, you know, there's questions there whether those guys can get through four let alone five innings. So if this guy can be chalked up as a six-inning guy, I think that's huge for this team. Oh, definitely. Again, yeah, he really lengthens lengthens that rotation out. And like you said, yeah, I do want to see it over a long period of time. We remember in 2021, he was nails those first few months, but then the last couple months, August, September, there were some bumps in the road there. So Agreed. making sure that he can keep it up 
the entire season. And that's going to be key for him. But again, yeah, you have no reason to not be excited over uh, what he did in his first start against the White Sox yesterday. Uh, I want to stick with the pitching really quick. And uh, the guy who followed him up, uh, Sean Manaya, made his uh, debut with the Giants yesterday, his regular season debut with the Giants yesterday, pitched two innings, gave up a couple runs. And it's going to be a bit of an adventure with Sean Manaya, I feel like, going into this season. Mike Kruko had a great line at one point uh, during the broadcast. Sean Manaya, he's a guy who, when he has the mechanics in lock, he's as tough as anyone to get a hit off of. But that was the problem last year with San Diego. He just really was not in sync mechanically, and he left far too many pitches out over the plate, and he really was victimized by the long ball last year. Uh, Shasky, I'm just kind of curious, you know, what are your initial thoughts on Sean Manaya, who when he was signed, it was kind of a, are we sure this is where we want to go kind of move? Well, I get why you'd want to get him some work in a blowout game because he hasn't had a start in quite some time. I understand that. A lot of these guys are creatures of habit, you know, coming out into the seventh inning. How many times has he done that in his professional, forget major league, professional baseball career? I'm not sure the answer to that. I'm skeptical on him. You know, like I'm going to have to see it over five or six different appearances before I make a judgment on him, you know, finding his groove or solidifying himself as an impact arm on this team. Uh, I'm just taking it one outing at a time right now and trying to be, like I said, you know, realistic. And it's it's hard to be optimistic, right? I'm skeptical yeah. right now to see it. And so yesterday he just hung a couple of pitches. He got hit hard. It was a blowout. You're not trying to, you know, over over dramatize it if you're a Giants fan. I'm just I don't see it, man. And and I, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a couple ways you could look at it. The first way I would look at it is how much faith do you have in this Giants coaching staff to mm. be able to get Shamanaya right? We've said it ad nauseum. So many guys have come through here looking like they're completely broken down shells of themselves. And whatever magic fairy dust that the Giants coaching staff sprinkles on these pitchers, it works. So they're really good at helping guys find their mechanics. Mm. How consistently he can keep those mechanics is going to be key for him. I do believe that I think Andrew Bailey went out and talked to him like a couple batters in. And I got to think that if this was a close game, that would have been it for Manaya. But they're going to let him get his work in in a blowout. And you know what? If you're going to look rough, I'd rather you do it when you have, you know, a 7 nothing lead to work with. And you know what? I, it's going to be a work in progress. There's going to be some games with Sean Manaya where – you're just like, wow, that's the guy we've been looking for. You know, that's the guy we signed. You, I mean, he was a great pitcher with the A's for the most part. Um, but then there's going to be those outings where you're just like, why is this guy in here? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Let's go back to the weekend. Um, Thursday start, Logan Webb. Uh, Saturday with Camilo Duvall in the ninth inning. Um, obviously, you had Ross Stripling with a poor performance and Alex Cobb, who... I guess pitched better than the numbers would indicate. What did you think of the overall impressions of the staff, the pitching staff uh, coming out of Yankee stadium? I really like what we saw from Logan Webb. I know he had a couple bad pitches there against Aaron judge and Glaber Torres. You know, those are two very good hitters. That's going to happen. The Aaron judge home run, it might've been scripted. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> it's just, it was just too obvious of a home run to have happen. But no, I really like what I saw from Logan Webb again, just, 
a lot of great movement on his pitches. And again, I'm I'm very convinced that Logan Webb can be the number one starter that this team needs. Others are more skeptical. It's more wishful thinking on my end to see Logan hit that uh, that that tier where he could be that legit number one starting pitcher because. The Giants need that guy. The Giants need that guy who can just take this starting staff and say, I'm the guy. In the last couple of years, he's been that guy. And I really want to see Logan Webb just officially nail down that yeah. spot this weekend. Uh, going to the back half of the pitching staff, though, with Camille Duvall had his regular season debut on in Saturday night. And uh, there's Giants baseball torture, and then there's Giants baseball what Camille Duvall put us through in that ninth inning on Saturday. Shasky, how are you kind of keeping yourself together when that ninth inning was happening? Well, a couple things. Number one, Yankee Stadium, rabid in the ninth inning. That was awesome in terms of drama and theater. And then going through a buzzsaw, Judge Stanton, that lineup, like it's legit. Rizzo, they've got ballers. Um this is a guy that didn't really pitch much in spring training outside of the WBC. And so when you look at what the WBC had and what it didn't have was the pitch clock, right? And so this is a guy who works really slow in Camilo Duvall. He has the first big-time save. It's bases loaded. It's Yankee Stadium. Pressure through the roof. Look at the lineup that he faced. It's baptism by fire. And, yeah, he had a couple of moments where he didn't come set in time and, and throw a ball, and they got the automatic ball because of the pitch clock. I loved what I saw from the kid, the moxie. He got the ground ball and got the double play that you absolutely needed. And really, as much as I would be encouraged by one, two, three inning, I feel like we learned a little bit about Camilo Duvall in moments of pressure. He easily could have folded there. And it mm -hmm. wasn't pretty, but I liked what I saw from him. Yeah, it was shaky. And that's, that's the thing when you're a closer. You're going to have those intense moments. And you're having on one of the bigger stages in baseball at Yankee Stadium. It was a learning experience for him. You mentioned, you know, he's not quite used to the pitch clock yet. I know mean, that was a concern I brought up with Gabe Kapler last year. I asked him, you know, towards the end of the season, you know, what's that adjustment going to be like? He kind of gave me the old, you know, don't worry, we're going to work it out with him. We'll get there, which what are what else are you going to say there? I guess it's a very diplomatic answer. It's early on in the season. I'm not going to stress about it too much. If it's, you know, end of April, beginning of May, and we're still seeing he's having issues with a pitch clock, then it might be time to kind of side eye and wonder, ooh, what's going on here? Because when he gets rushed, when he gets out of his rhythm, it, it hurts his command, which, yeah. especially with the fastball, is already kind of up and down from time to time. You'll love seeing him blow 102 right over the plate and strike guys out with it, but you're hoping that he knows where it's going when he's throwing it. What did you think of him relying a little too much on the slider and the cutter? Um, it just felt like he couldn't find any location on all three of those pitches, fastball, cutter, or slider. I think it was a product of just the fact where he doesn't know where the fastball is going. I remember you were you know, yeah. texting our thread, blowing it up, saying, go to the fastball, stay away from the slider. But when he's not trusting that fastball, he becomes kind of a one-trick pony with yeah. that slider. Mix in the fact that he's dealing with the pitch clock. Mix in the fact that he's at Yankee Stadium. He has this <laughs> rabid crowd bearing down on him. Oh, and then also you got, you know, this murderer's row of Judge, Rizzo, yeah. Stanton that you have to deal with. And then also it's raining, too. So it's just <laughs> it, like, keep piling it on. Give me more problems to deal with for Camille Duvall. But, again, the kid got through it. Um, one last guy I want to really kind of give a shout yeah. out or mention to before we move on is Jacob Junis. He made his debut over the weekend as well. And the game day was calling it a slider. It might have been a sinker that he was throwing. It's kind of hard to tell from time to time. His pitches had movement. Yeah. Like they were just cutting all across the strike zone. He was hitting that zone really well. He had kind of a generous zone at times on Saturday, but both teams really had that same generous zone. 
Jacob Junis, who I think is a guy you're going to be seeing falling up guys like Alex Cobb or Alex Wood, those, you know, four, five inning guys to kind of bridge the gap between the fourth, fifth inning to the seventh inning. If that's the kind of Junis we can see this year, it was kind of the same Junis we saw at the start of last year when he first came up. Again, you mentioned how you really want to see these guys go four or five innings, but if Alex Cobb can only make a four-inning start, but then he has Jacob Junis to come in and kind of take over those last two innings, not ideal, but you know what? If it gets us to the bullpen with a lead, I'll take it. He's got a lot of Yasmero Petit in him, doesn't he? Where he does, yeah. I feel like he can make a spot start, but he's most valuable as one of those guys that bridges you from the third, fourth, fifth inning into the, you know, into the setup guys in the seventh inning where he, he can close that bridge, close that gap. I like Junis. Like as 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 skeptical as I am on Sean Manaya. I'm that optimistic on Jacob Junis. I don't have any grandiose opinions that he's going to be a, a three, two, or a one in a rotation, but I think he could do a lot worse than him in the bullpen and as a four or five starter. I think he can spot start for this team. If I have to put it over under, I bet you he makes over eight starts this year. Yeah, I think it's good, good number there to look at. Again, he is part of that starting pitching depth that the Giants really went for this year. And I love the use Mara Petit uh, comparison. You know, we've seen how useful swingmen like that yep. can be in a pitching staff, and that's going to be a very good tool for the Giants to use this year. So 